Hi, this is Leadership Unlocked. I'm Crystal Roberts, and I'm here virtually with my co-hosts, Danielle Lord and Trisha Ryan. This is our 11th podcast. Woohoo! Getting past the goal of 10. And we're happy to have all of our listeners uh, joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about um, surviving setbacks. There's been... Um, with the increasing rise in the COVID numbers and the rollbacks that the governor has um, set in place, restaurants and um, some schools are closing and stores are um, at uh, reduced capacity. We thought it'd be a great time to talk about how do leaders uh, themselves survive setbacks, but how do they lead their um their teams and their organizations through these setbacks. So before we dive into that, though, um, just wanted to check in with my co-host. So Danielle, how was your weekend? It was really nice. I did a little art project and I started a blog. <laughs> I started a blog about vintage things and antiques. How interesting. <laughs> New interest. So, how yeah, you so... Good. How so about was, you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always a good thing that you remind people that we're virtual, Crystal. <laughs> we are virtual. Yes, we are virtual, so we can't see each other. So, uh, yeah, always makes it interesting, but um, turns out good in the end. So, um, Trisha, how about your weekend? I'm afraid to say anything. No, <laughs> straight. I had a good weekend. I actually. Believe it or not, I have almost all of my Christmas shopping done. Wow. I had to go out and do something that was normal. You know, it just feels like we haven't been for a while. And we'll, we'll be talking about that today. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to do something normal. So I put on three masks and gloves and <laughs> and a Tyvek suit, and I went shopping. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, actually um, – we did a little bit of shopping ourselves. I've done most of my shopping online. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm farther along than any other year that I've ever done that. But yeah, we wanted to stay, trying to stay out of the stores after Thanksgiving, just um, thinking that it will be potentially um, increased numbers uh, then as well. So trying to keep ourselves safe. Yeah. And I have to say, you're right. I, I would, I had things specifically in mind, a few things I had ordered, but I had to pick them up at the stores, but I didn't go shopping to browse. I don't, I don't know if anybody <laughs> right now who's browsing and I wouldn't recommend it at least in our area because there's so many people here. So, you know, it's, it was, um, it was very different. It felt very different. I, they, they, most of the stores that I had to go in, they were counting people as they went in. So it was limited. So I'm I do most of my shopping online, but once in a while you just need to do something that feels normal. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing I did this weekend was um, my daughter came back from um, college, so that was pretty exciting. And yeah, <laughs> and um, we went today for a walk along the river. Went for a little bit of a hike. Uh, and um, so we got to experience the weather, which was pretty cold, uh, had our coats and hats on. But so I would suggest for our, our um, 
for our listeners that they grab something warm. I think we have definitely moved <laughs> into the um, into the cold season. So grab a, a um, warm beverage, grab a cup, and let's talk about leadership. So Jen, or um, let me before I jump into the actual, um, turn it over to Trisha with a few questions that I've got for her. I want to just talk a little bit um, about how I see it. Um, and I think one of the things that we've learned from a lot of different, we can draw on a lot of different um, disciplines when we think about surviving setbacks. We, um, our old friend resilience, which we've talked about a number of times already, um, that's really an important um, body of work for us to look to. We can also look at stress management, which feeds also into resilience. We can look at um, taking a positive attitude or uh, even appreciative inquiry. And um, there's a number of different things that we can look to to, um, to draw on to help us answer this question about how do we survive setbacks and help our teams and our organizations too. So Trisha, what, what wisdom would you share with us about um, surviving setbacks? And then uh, if you can share uh, a time or an experience story of your own when you have survived a setback. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think that for the setbacks that I've, I've experienced, and there have been a few in my, you know, three years of working. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Add a few more to that. But um, I'd say in the stress management area, it really is staying in touch. You know, it's keeping as much as you can, staying in touch with your folks. If you can't be with them face to face, be with them um, on a phone call or email or on some kind of platform like Zoom or, or Teams or something so that people know that you care and that you are thinking about them. And for a leader going through that same thing, sometimes just making those touch points can be very stress relieving to the leader. You know, it's just knowing that everybody's doing all right. We're all, we're all centered, we're all focused. Um, most of the things that have been setbacks in my career have had to do with either economic downturns, <laughs> which have happened a few times in my career, and um, or major events like um, an earthquake, you know, or something like that, where it has actually been a massive setback. And it wasn't just for me or my team or the people that I worked around. It was for everybody in, in an area. And so it, um, COVID is sort of, you know, looking at it all over again, it seems in a way. Although we're doing, I think, better now because we have technology to assist. But um, I would say definitely um, for me, maybe the one that stands out the most and I don't think I was a formal, I was a formal leader, but not, um, not as, I didn't have as big a team or anything at the time, but we had a, an earthquake in the Bay Area. And um, that was a game changer because we had all of these plans and this was October. So we were already working through our action plans for the next year. And, you know, we were pretty set on our budget was done. We had already allocated. We were starting, you know, to even prepare for the next year. 
and we had an earthquake and we lost some of our employees oh. and everybody kind of went into shock but yeah. what i felt was so helpful and i guess it goes right up to the stress management piece and the resilience was that we had a, a senior leader who was just absolutely set on making sure everybody in our building felt good so every morning when we got to work which took a while for us to get back to work she would walk around and give vitamins to everybody and stop and talk to somebody and she spent her whole day for weeks just talking and listening and it was it was brilliant actually people started getting back to the point where they could okay let's see if we can pull some of this out of a hat because all of our budget was gone at that point we had to recover so we had to figure out what strategies or what what actions we could put into play the next year and what really had to sit on hold so that's my story yeah wow that's a big one it really sounds like what really made the difference for you was having a leader who was personally interested in you and you being okay and um, listening and seeing what you needed and taking care of that it was i think yes i i agree with you i think that it was that was a brilliant piece for her to do i think because she actually did it with other leaders and to watch them watch her and then to pick up the ball and start doing that themselves it took a while for some of our leaders to get the hang of it you know they weren't used to being so interpersonal you know and, and that is a an issue i think or a challenge that every business has is that you're always going to have some leaders who just are not very interpersonal so when you have something that goes on like that and they have to jump into it it can be very uncomfortable in the beginning so but the thing is that it, it's not just helping the people around them it's helping them so having to reach out and be vulnerable and, and to help people who are very vulnerable can be a real growth experience, no matter what the crisis is or whatever the challenge is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We always say that um, the number one job of a leader is to be present. Um, that doesn't mean to have to be in person, but present with your people and, and what a difference, what a difference that made. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. um, Danielle, what, what what would you add about what's important as we think about um, surviving setbacks? And oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. my story. Yeah, oh, Trisha brought up so many great points. And um, I, I love the you must have had a great leader who, you know, put oh. herself out there and made sure that everybody was OK. And if they weren't OK, that was OK, too. And that, that they knew that they were there for them. Um, I think. For me, um, uh, the toughest part for leaders is to remember that it's lonely at the top. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> yeah. some, you know, sometimes as much as you're hurting, um, you have to set aside your own personal angst, grief, pain, et cetera, and make sure that you can take care of everybody else um, without you know, having that meltdown that you need to have. Uh, in front of them so that, that you can be strong to help lead them through those things. So it's, and that's a fine line and that can be a really tough road to go. It can be very lonely, um, but making sure you know who your support group is so that you can 
you can lean on them when you need to and not be leaning on your employees. So <laughs> I, I, I think that would be what I would add to that. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And you know, Chris, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of subtleties around that. And, and we know how relationships work and, and all of that. But I think the, the crux of that from, from my perspective is, is it goes back to, you know, it's lonely at the top and you don't really realize what that means until you're sitting at the top and um, how very clear it can become. <laughs> mm -hmm. Particularly in, the, in, a, in a setback type of situation, so. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of the relationship that you have with the team. Um, my own personal setback as a leader, um, boy, I uh, worked for 12 years for an organization and uh, had the job that I absolutely loved and uh, we had a big restructure and um, they, they got rid of quite a few of us. And so we were part of a, a RIF, a reduction in force, and, and this restructure happened way up at the top and um, it impacted literally thousands of people. But, um, uh, you know, so was unemployed for a bit and oh, I'll just, I have to backtrack and, and say when I heard Tricia say that uh, most of the setbacks have been for economic reasons. I mean, kind of the running joke in our profession is that we're always the first to go, sadly, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joke, or, joke or not, but uh, anyway, okay, that was my little sidebar turn that I took there. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, coincidentally enough, uh, most of organizational development was the first to go when we had our this initial riff with this large organization, but I really had it in my heart of hearts to be a chief learning officer. And I thought, boy, I, that would be the most amazing job uh, to be chief learning officer and set strategy for learning and um, actually got a position uh, as the chief learning officer for the state. And um, it was absolutely rife with conflict from moment, probably even before I actually started. There was a gal who thought that she uh, uh, was not only going to or not only deserved the job, but she was going to get the job. And so when I uh, showed up out of the blue, um, it, it was a pretty ugly event and it didn't get any better for about six months. And it was really awful and it ended up with um, me being terminated. <laughs> oh, and wow. It was really, really awful. I had a team of 30 and uh, they were... Uh, it was the first time in probably their history of being within the state that they had experienced kind of authentic, uh, real um, leadership through relationship and humility and kindness and vulnerability and compassion. And so there were a lot of tears shed um, from the team who, because they knew what was waiting for them <laughs> on the other side was not going to be friendly at all, especially for the ones who, who really liked me. And uh, it was, you know, it was tough. It was a tough couple weeks because um, I wasn't terminated immediately. Uh, they wanted me to finish up a couple strategic projects that I had initiated. Um, and so I had to go in. Um, you know, I had to swallow my pride and, and go in um, every day for a couple weeks and finish up these projects, all while I had people coming into my office and, and breaking down and being very vulnerable in, in themselves and me having to try and hold it together. <laughs> And, um, and still demonstrate leadership, um, even though it was in the midst of a big change. So it was, uh, yeah, didn't feel like my brightest uh, moment for sure in my career, but uh, 
uh, funny, things always seem to, to open up and find a way, and, and uh, it led to an amazing opportunity. So. <laughs> And here. and here we are. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't have known each other probably if it hadn't been for that. That's right. Exactly. But I think uh, the one kind of silver lining to all of that going through that trauma and was that I realized that I didn't like being a chief learning officer. <laughs> uh, it was not nearly what I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought it was going to be this big, sexy, glamorous thing where it was creating strategy and, and I was going to be making all these big, exciting changes. And didn't I didn't feel like that at all. Or, or maybe it gets there at some point. I don't know. But I, I realized that I really, really like being an individual contributor. So I, I see that uh, as the silver lining that came out of it. So I Isn't think that... that Oh, go ahead, Tissa. I was just going to say, isn't that wonderful? It's it it is actually probably the best gift in a way for you to have that realization that you know I thought I wanted this, but when I saw what it really was or what I got it when I got into it, it's not at all what I thought it was. And so you could craft all you want to, but if everybody else in the world has a different vision of what that is, you're <laughs> fighting against the. Yeah. You know, the the wind, if you will, you know, to, to try and get something done. So what you got out of it was, you know, just a, a confirmation that that other way of being, that individual contributor where you could actually make a mark yeah. um, probably much closer to the workforce um, than you could have at your chief learning officer because you're so high above, you know, it's very much more strategic and, and um, bigger picture. So you never really get a chance to get right down into the nits and picks of things, which is actually where the fun is a lot of times. Oh, a lot of times it is, exactly, especially in the work that we do. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I think if, thank you, Tissa, I, yeah, I think, I think um, you know, as, as I kind of wrap up my story, reinforce what Tissa said, I think you can do uh, as a leader or even as an individual, really reflect on what was the, end result of that and what was the silver lining and sometimes it doesn't always show up right it, it may take a while for that silver lining to show up but I think being able to recognize it is a way to to be at peace with um, whatever that setback was yes I think that's so true um, and such uh, such a great story thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, so many things there I think you know a, was writing a couple notes the the lonely at the top so even even in that uh that situation you didn't really have you had you were at the top and you you had to go through that process yourself um and you know being strong for your team and being able to i mean what a difficult situation for you to trying to transition that team into something that they you know, you were leaving um, in a bad situation, and they were headed into a situation they didn't want, but you had to rise above that and help them with that. So um, that takes a, a lot of personal strength to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks Thanks for sharing that. And I think yeah, that all about the silver lining uh, is just so true. Um and we we just don't know um, 
where where life is leading and having a little bit of trust in um, some people would call it faith um, would that that something good will be coming yet to come for us mm-hmm. and a wise coach once told me nothing's ever wasted so no experience that you have gone through uh, is ever wasted. You will be able to um, utilize that learning, whatever that learning is. You'll utilize it, and it'll it'll benefit you somewhere in the future. Um, could be years yeah. from yeah. that day. Amen yeah. to that. I agree with yeah. that so wholeheartedly. It's like um, everything, every opportunity, or everything that we go through in life, everything as leaders that we go through, if it's a setback or if it's a a crash and burn moment, it's a gift because we may not see it at the time. And most often we don't, we see it as like the worst thing that's ever happened. Right. But once we are able to back away from the trees a bit and get, and see the forest in front of us often, I think is when we get to see that bigger picture and say, wow, you know, maybe this really needed to happen. Or I can see where I can do a better job somewhere you know doing something else it makes me think of mergers and acquisitions you know when when -hmm. those things when they happen for any business uh when the leaders everybody actually every employee but but when the leaders are sitting there at the table learning about an acquisition and they're being acquired the first thing i think that often goes through their heads is you know and i know this because i've lived it is oh wow okay so they're not gonna want to have um, a leadership development department in each of the regions, they're going to want to have just one. And if they've already got them, they've already got a really, you know, robust group, they're probably not going to want mine. And so what do, what do I do? How do I, you know, show somehow that we add massive value? And um, it's tough. It's just really tough to look at it and say, especially if that isn't the group that's chosen, then what happens, right? And most often those people land on their feet, but the lesson they learned when they were falling is something they can, they can use for years and years and years. It's just, you know, the, I learned so much from that earthquake situation, but I learned a lot from just about every, um, every thing that has happened in my career where it has not landed exactly as I would have originally expected. And I swear every time I think about an opportunity that's before me or a challenge that's before me, I have a toolbox now that is so robust that I feel like I can, I can handle anything. You know, I may not always like what I'm doing at the moment because it may not be something that is my favorite, but I can always probably pull something out of that toolbox to address it. So when we think about advice that we would give to leaders, and actually before I jump into that, so I was going to share just um, a real short um, story of my own uh, because it it did bring us all three to this point um, together was I had my own setback right before we all met. And through that setback, which was I didn't get a job that I thought was going to be like my next career move and possibly my last career move. Um, and it had been something I'd been working for, for, for years. And 
uh, out of that setback came the full responsibility at the time for leadership development, which um, meant that I could dive full on into um, developing our new leadership program, which we hadn't had a program for eight years at um, where we work. So it was really an important piece of work and really um, needed by the organization and wanted by the organization. So it was that, but it was also um, that pushed me forward to really think about um, what did I want to do? And I was able to work with a coach, which was the first time I had actually worked with a coach, um, a real certified um, Hudson coach, actually. And she was able to help me see what would be my next move since that path that I thought I had was no longer there. And so uh, that was where I decided really what I wanted to do was to explore coaching myself and then went on to actually um, go through the Hudson program and get certified and get my um, ICF certification and all that. So it took me on a completely different trajectory that I love and just um, it's I can't imagine my career without having done coaching. So, um, and, and that brought the three of us together, even in a different way, as far as being able to spend that time, that whole year, putting that leadership development program together, um, a piece of work we're really proud of. So, so never know, you know, at the time it feels so, um, impactful it feels like you just maybe don't you know may not survive you know the moment it can feel very um and i think so a couple of things that i have learned is um one is and through all you know all three of us have learned been through many setbacks right that's life and we're at that point in life where we can look back and say hey we can see where we've survived is just to acknowledge where you're at, just to say, yeah, this doesn't feel good. You know, what am I feeling? Really name it and to recognize it, not just push it off and say, oh, you know, this isn't um, either I'm going to deny it or I'm going to um, just diminish, diminish it. So acknowledging the reality, feeling those feelings, and then moving through that. Um, I wanted to share really quick, and I think this is actually one that we might do in the future. Um, I've recently learned about a, a book that Emily and Amelia Nagasi wrote called um, Burnout, 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 <laughs> The Secret of Unlimited <laughs> Cycle. And basically what they um, propose is that it's when we experience burnout, when we get stuck uh, and haven't moved through the emotion. So mm-hmm. we think of right? Um, mm-hmm. that we stuff that emotion down or we just don't express it. And so they talk a lot about what that is. Um, they say, in short, emotions are tunnels and you have to go through them to get to the end. It's when you get stuck in an emotion that, mm-hmm. um, burnout. and I thought that, you know, gosh, maybe that's why we're feeling that a little bit right now with COVID is, we have to move on. We have to move on, you know, step, 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 keep going, keep going. 
have really uh, stopped, acknowledged where we're at, and felt felt that emotion. So once we do that, is making sure that we've got good, reliable information. What what really is the state sort of doing that environmental scan, right? What's really going on here? And then to look back. So just like we've been talking about our stories, really look back and say, where have I survived? Where have I gone through difficult times? And can I see where it has actually helped me? And how can knowing that help me where I'm at right now to move forward? And then um, develop a plan of action. So helping us once we've sort of acknowledged it, we've got our information, we're armed with our information, we know how we've survived in the past, we can get inspired by that, develop a plan of action that um, will help us take those initial steps to get out of that sort of um, depressed, sad, um, angry uh, place. So when you think about putting a plan together, uh, Trisha, I'm going to go um, to you. What what would be important when you put that plan together to just move you from that setback into recovery? What would you what would be on your plan? I think uh, first it would be just acknowledging exactly what's going on. And for anybody I've ever worked with, it usually involves writing down what the situation is right now. So what is currently going on? What are my feelings about it? Um, and then taking a look at what ifs, you know, what if I lose my job? What if I, you know, I lose my team? Or what if I have to move? <laughs> um, what are some things that are the worst case scenario things that could possibly happen? And what tools have I used in the past when I have, you know, you had said something that I thought was brilliant, which was, you know, acknowledging some reality here, you know, what if, what have you gone through? You know, what, what have you had to do when in the past that you can draw from? And I think that that's something that um, is helpful. That's why I say I have a toolbox full of stuff is because um, it's, I've been through enough situations, but I draw from those every time something doesn't work the way I think it should. And for leaders, knowing that they're not completely starting from scratch is so important. So putting an action plan together with, you know, what, what, what is the reality right now? What is going on right now? What is the impact of that? Um, and, and what are the, the risks if we keep going where we're going? What are the benefits? There usually aren't very many. So what are the risks if we were to switch it up and take a look at, um, you know, who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to engage? Um, what what kind of an action plan do we need to do? Who's going to be the decision maker? Those kinds of things that, you know, it's almost like going into a real work mode and, and planning your actions when you're emotionally probably having a moment. I had a, a leader that I worked with years ago who used to write, and every time she would get in a situation where her team was in jeopardy of, you know, sometimes you have to justify your existence every single year, right? And she was in the kind of job where that happened a lot. But it was a team that had been decreased by 50% each year, and it was getting smaller and smaller. And um, 
So she started writing and she wrote what her perfect world would look like at work and what it would take to get there. And often it was almost a fantasy that she was writing about, but what it did was it took her away from, completely away from the moment and allowed her to just almost write some fictional deal here in front of her. And then to go back and say, okay, so what from that can I learn? What, what lesson did the heroine you know, do that, that made her world come out fine? I know that sounds really off the wall, but for some people, that's what it takes. You know, it, everybody's going to be different, but, and I don't think that there is a one size fits all answer, but I think really sitting down and just, you know, looking at your situation and start peeling the onion a bit, like, okay, this is a situation. What does that mean? What are the actions that are taking place that I need to be aware of, or that I need to start doing something about, and then start figuring out who you need to involve, your team or some other leaders, and make a plan, build a plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so powerful. Um, yeah, thank, thank you for that, Trisha. Um, Danielle, how, how about you? What would, what would be some important elements of a plan for you? Oh, I think, um, you know, in, in your um, the comment that you made about being in the tunnel, um, you know, really resonated with me and the respecting and give yourself, giving yourself the space to be able to move through all those emotions that you're going to have is also really, really important. Um, I think the balance to that, um, while you still allow yourself those emotional responses, you do have to put a line in the sand at some point and say, okay, I'm going to grieve. Or, um, or I'm only going to allow myself to really, you know, actively grieve, like, you know, put your, stay in bed all day with the head, you know, covers over your head, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, to, okay, um, I'm, I'm going to, on this day, I'm going to eat a quart of ice cream or I'm going to eat a, a bowl of cookie dough or, or have some retail therapy depending on the situation. So um, for but, but at that point, I need to be able to move forward. Yeah. Right? I will still experience all those emotional highs and lows, but at the same time, um, I, I do need to have a plan and I need to move forward. And so I'm a big um, proponent of um, lists and um, the, mm -hmm. the ability to put a little check mark in a box. And so my plan of action or, or my suggestion I would have is to get the stuff out of your head and put it on paper. Mm -hmm. Because my experience has been when it's swirling around in your head, it's a wild, wicked storm. And once you can put it on paper and make some sense of it, it usually doesn't seem so bad. Um, and then it gives you some really concrete, tangible things to begin to work through. Yeah. So that's that's what that's how I would approach that and that's how I tackle it and I think the other thing about putting it into kind of a, a linear concrete structure is that it takes some of the emotion out of it and it just becomes a task list um, so that you don't continually kind of um, continue to um, uh, stay in in that tunnel of, mm -hmm. of you know just kind of emotional response after emotional response I oh that's so brilliant Danielle I think that um, I think that's what my friend used to do when she was writing her when fantasy. She was writing, you know? yeah. Right, she was just getting <laughs> things out of her head and onto paper. I think that's just a really beautiful way of saying that. And the list part I love because you're right, you know, sometimes you just need to make something that you can check off. 
And that's what I was yeah. thinking about the what ifs, the goods and the bads. You know, you could just start crossing out the things as you're as you're either dispelling them or not. But that is brilliant. I love it. Now yeah, I'm going to start you. using Liz Maytel, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I loved your uh, your words as well, the wicked the storm. I think mm -hmm. that is happens, right? Um, and especially when we're thinking about, I was thinking about your earlier comment about being lonely at the top. Sometimes that wild, wicked storm, we've got to, we've got to write it down, figure out what's real so that we can inspire and motivate our team uh, or organization to move forward as well. So we're not doing, yeah. not doing well, teams any good either if we're stuck in that in that wild wicked storm i love that and, yeah and you said something else that i thought was really great too and and it m reminded me of both of your stories when you were talking about um you know the things that had become great disappointments but you said allow yourself space to grieve and you have to be able to do that and if you can't yeah. do that you can't that'll be that thing that's that thing in the tunnel that you get stuck with right yeah it, you, you can't go forward if you can't get rid of something. It's sort of yeah. the, it's all, it goes back to MOT, right? Something exactly. ends and something new begins. You gotta, you know, there's your neutral zone that you yeah. have to wade through, but it is true. That's, you know, it kind of falls into play where, you know, if you don't give your yourself some space to grieve or to get some of this stuff out of your head and onto a piece of paper sometimes, um, then your folks will start to, you know, the, the people that work for you will start to suffer because they know something's wrong. When, yeah. when something was wrong with me, whenever, you know, when I was a leader back in the day, I mean, of a bigger team, when something was wrong with me, I can tell you my whole team knew and they'd start doing water cooler talks. Oh, what do you think it is? What do you think? You think we're going to get laid off, you know? <laughs> and it was, it was awful. So, you know, it's really being, opening up, allowing yourself to be vulnerable with your team can also be helpful. Yeah. 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 I, I think, you, you know, you're, you're spot on, Trisha, and, you know, it's always that balancing act, right, on that continuum and, um, you know, knowing where you can be vulnerable, especially when it's personal things um, and, and work-related things sometimes too, you know, but knowing where once you've crossed the line, <laughs> mm -hmm. right, and, you know, it's the, you know, to say, you know, I'm going through some personal stuff right now and it's really ugly and um, hopefully I can keep myself together in our meetings. Uh, but just so you know, that's what's going on. I don't think there's anything wrong with that I, because you're right, Trisha, the, the, they'll pick up on that pretty quickly and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you've just landed, you're the alien being that landed on the top of the <laughs> roof and is commandeering, you know, everything. We right. know how and the rumor mill works, right? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> well, and you know, we've been talking about business. We've been talking about those, you know, professional things that happen that have been dips, but it's true to your point. There are things that happen personally too, that can be affected or can affect your team as a leader. And so we have to be very careful, you know, that that is a very fine line. It's not a, you know, it's not one of those big <laughs> rivers that you can cross over and you've got the river being your line. This is something that, you know, we we're, we're very comfortable with being friendly with our employees. And then you get to a point where, you know, uh -huh. something happens and that friendliness can be viewed completely differently when um, yeah. a leader's going through something. 
then all of a sudden it's like, wow, they always told me everything before and now, now they're not saying anything, you know, and, and that can be a, a real issue um, that can lead to a lack of trust or yeah, a break yeah. in trust. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have actually gotten right near the end of our time. So I know we could talk about this for hours, but um, <laughs> to wrap up. So Tricia, any last um, thoughts before we close? I just think I'd, I'd reiterate what um, you both were saying, which was really around, you know, giving yourself some space and grace initially, if you're a leader and you're going through something, but don't forget the people that work for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Danielle, how about you? Last thoughts before we close? Oh, I would say uh, know who you know who your support group is and uh, uh, know uh, when you can lean on them. And uh, Trisha, you are my support person uh, <laughs> during all that. And I knew you'd always be there for me, but you've got to have someone outside of the organization, as was my husband. I've got to give him credit for that, too. But um, so know who that person is. Um, uh, and uh, I would say for younger leaders, too, if you've not experienced a big setback, um, just know that you can get through it, and the next time it happens, uh, you, you've stocked up your toolbox, as Trisha said. So it's dark, it's lonely, uh, but you will get through it, and you'll be um, a better leader as a result. Yeah, so wise. Thank you. Um, and and that, I think that's such an important piece there also around you will get through it. So remembering that setbacks are temporary. Um, time will march on. Um, we, we can't uh, control the situation sometimes that we're in. Oftentimes we're, we can't, but we can control our reaction to it. So, so to be thinking about that. So um, all really, really good stuff. Thank you, Trisha and Danielle, uh, for today's session. I just want to do a quick wrap for, for people about their takeaways. Remember to acknowledge the reality that you're in. Seek information and then get inspired by how you've overcome in the past. Um, develop an action plan and some things to consider when you're putting your action plan together. Um, write it down. Make a list um, to calm that wild, uh, wicked storm going on. Um, hold an optimistic view if you can with, with that um, information that you have and your inspiration, um, make sure that you ask yourself the question, what's possible now? There's always a way, uh, a new way, a new path to go down. Um, I always, you know, like to have people think about, and this is kind of a resilience piece, focus on what you do have. So um, add uh, to the list that Danielle was talking about, what are you grateful for? What mm -hmm. are you, you know, ev not everyone has a, uh, uh, enough to eat, a uh, warm place to live, important people in their life. So what are those things that you have that you can be grateful for? And we hear about um, people where they're talking about just focusing on, hey, I, I still have my breath. So centering yourself, um, that helps with the wild, wicked storm as well. Um, and as um, both Danielle and Trisha were talking about, make sure you've got your support uh, that 
you know, you have to weigh the balance of vulnerability with your team. And also you can reach out possibly to peers, or maybe you have people outside of the organization that can support you. Maybe you have um, important people in your life, but you need to have support, gather that support around you. Um, another sort of uh, trick is to, to try and get yourself out of your own head is to, um, Think about how can you make a difference in someone else's life. And so that can be at work, but that also can be something um, outside of work. So how can you, that helps with that, you feeling grateful as well. So, you know, anything from, uh, you know, working um, or supporting a, um, a uh, uh, shelter or uh, food bank or, you know, cards for a nursing facility. So thinking about what can I do for someone else? And then of course, as we've talked about in a number of podcasts, so important to put that oxygen mask on for yourself first. And so take time uh, to care for you. So make sure, you know, all the basics are taken care of that you're eating healthy, that you're, you're getting enough sleep, you're exercising. And if you can, uh, if you're one of those people that can meditate, take some time out to meditate, spend some time in, um, in nature or something or <laughs> retail therapy. I heard, I think Danielle, you were the one talking about <laughs> so something that, that works for you, right. Um, to take care of you first so that you can take care of others. And again, just remember set setbacks are temporary. Um, you will get through it. And oftentimes, we don't, we can't see at the time and it can take time. Remember that, um, that oftentimes there's a silver lining and nothing is ever wasted. Mm -hmm. So closing out. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, yes, so true. So true. So well said. All right. So, um, so we will get through COVID. Yes, we will. The vaccine is on the way. We hope by summer, um, we'll be, That'll be one setback that we'll be overcoming. And that's going to change our world. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before we close, close, I wanted to remind our audience to send in their questions about leadership and leading in these unprecedented times. And we'll try and answer them on air in an upcoming podcast. So you send your questions to leadership and lattes, which is A-N-D, leadership and lattes at gmail.com. And if you'd like to know more about us, or um, to read our bios, uh, please go to the website, thepinnaclecc.com. So that's thepinnaclecc.com. And then lastly, um, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. And share with other leaders like yourself that you think would benefit from this podcast. Thank you, Danielle and Trisha, for co-hosting with me. And Thank I look you. forward to the podcast. Thanks to our audience for listening. Right. And next time. Take care. Thank you, Crystal. And Trisha. Thank you. Take care.